Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. All right, let's, uh, real quick, let's wrap things up this way. Bustin' Loose Baseball, Toby Altizer and Grant Paulson with you. So, we've looked a lot ahead at the draft in uh, Major League Baseball, which is now well under a month away at the All-Star festivities out in Seattle early in July. Uh, I bring that up to tell you that if you are interested in watching the guys that the Nats might draft at number two overall, they are all still playing. This is a very rare, awesome opportunity for you to, to really plug in to those players. So uh, LSU, that's Dylan Cruz, who's likely to go one to the Pirates. And Dylan uh, Cruz, if he doesn't go number one, will probably go number two to the Nationals. And Paul Skeens, their ace starting pitcher, who will go number two to the Nationals very likely if Cruz goes one. Uh, LSU plays Tennessee, 7 Eastern on Saturday night on ESPN. Skeens will pitch, Cruz will bat leadoff, and play center field. So check that game out. They're playing Tennessee. I would imagine that the Vols would throw Chase Dollander, who's a top 10 pick in his own right, who's had a disappointing season coming into the year. There's actually a lot of thought that he was going to be the pick for the Nationals at number two overall behind Cruz. But Skeens has just blown past him as a generational player in this incredible season. Uh, Dollander didn't pitch in the first game of their Super Regional, so I guess it's possible he wouldn't throw. But I think for no other reason than the optics, that would be pretty cool. Uh, Dollander versus Skeens, Tennessee LSU in game one of the College World Series tourney as those teams get it going. Uh, The other of the players kind of in the conversation for the Nats, although I don't think they're going to take him, I think they should consider Wyatt Langford at number two overall. Big-time power bat, corner outfielder, played a little center field in this Super Regional for the Florida Gators. Uh, Virginia, the Cavaliers, led by catcher Kyle Teal, who's a top-10 pick, playing against uh, Wyatt Langford, the Florida outfielder, who's going to go in the top five, and I think probably going to go either three or four overall. Uh, so if you're interested in UVA baseball or Kyle Teal or just the draft, two top-10 picks, that's a Friday night game at 7 Eastern. So Friday night at 7, you got Wyatt Langford of Florida. Saturday night at 7 Eastern, you've got LSU and Tennessee. There's also a bunch of players in those games and in these tournament games that are options for the Nationals when they pick, you know, 38 picks later at 40 or so. Uh, Oral Roberts plays TCU Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock. You know, Texas Christian's got a player who I really, really like uh, named Braden Taylor, who MLB Pipeline thinks is the 30th best prospect in the country. You know, I think he's going to be gone before the Nats pick, but 
he would make some sense, I would think, around where they're picking. I also think Jake Geloff, who we talked about last week, who set the record for home runs in his career at Virginia, a third baseman who I think will play corner outfield professionally, 21 years old. He could end up being a pick for the Nats in their second selection as well. So if you're into the College World Series, it starts on Friday at 2 o'clock. Oral Roberts, TCU. I would zero in on the UVA-Florida game Friday night at 7 East and on Saturday at 7 East, LSU and Tennessee. And then real quick, I would just mention that the Stanford-Wake Forest game Saturday at 2 o'clock, afternoon game on ESPN. Uh, Rhett Louder, the pitcher for Wake Forest, is a top-10 pick. Has probably been the second-best college pitcher in the country this year behind Paul Skeens. He'll be on the hill in that game against Stanford. So one thing before we uh, get out of here I think is interesting is just hearing some of the you know, the, the conversations we have off the podcast and just around the office is you were a Langford ahead of Skeens guy for a little bit. And then yes. it's kind of changed for you. So I, I think that the order for me is Cruz, Skeens, Langford. I could, you know, be, maybe be swayed if you want to go with the bat there. But I think it's been interesting. You've been much more in tune with college baseball than I have been. And to see the way that you have changed, can you explain why you think Skeens probably is your number two guy at this point? Well, it's it's so complicated. I'm not sure that I would say that he's my number two guy. Uh, I, I am saying the Nats are going to take him at number two, if that makes sense. So okay. um, it, it is hard. I, I am a bat over arm guy, just kind of point blank, right? Like to, to, to sum it up, I think arms break. I think it's, it's, it's so hard with young pitching and the innings and the pitches these guys put on themselves. You just saw. LSU two starts to go, go 125 with, with Paul Skeens. And they'll do it again if they need to in this upcoming game. Uh, that that adds up. Uh, you see what's going on with Cade Cavalli. You, you lost a year of Cade Cavalli's development. You you Then you lose the portion of the next year because you've got to basically treat him with some kid gloves, right? So it's almost like a two-year setback when these guys' arms break. And when you're throwing 100, 102 like Paul Skeens does, I think that's almost inevitable. You know, arms like Verlander and Scherzer are so rare anymore. And in today's day and age, I, I can't even think of good examples of guys in this generation, but that, that you know, that, that just never have arm problems. Whereas if you take a bat like a Cruz or a Langford, potentially, let's say it works out. You've already got the risk of will they be as good as I think they are, no matter who you're drafting. It's 14, 15 years where you just plug them in and barring a weird quirky thing where they get hit with a pitch or something that you can't control. You don't have to worry about injuries in the same way to the same extent. So the, the way I would sum it up, Toby is I am like, if, if we do this podcast together for the next 20 years and then that's picking the top three for 20 years, like 17 or 18 times, I'm going to take the bat over the arm at two over, or three overall, whoever that is. If that's a high ceiling high schooler, if that's a college guy with power, I'll probably do that. The difference with Skeens, I guess, is he's just so special. You know, he's he's literally that good where I guess I've just come around to the idea that this is can't miss, that this is so different that even if you have to make a deal with the devil to say, eventually I won't have him for a year and I'm going to have to, you know, treat him uh, with kid gloves the following season. And so for two of the you know potential seven years or whatever, I might lose value in him. He's going to be in the big leagues sometime the year after I draft him. He's going to be an ace probably almost right away. Like, it's so good, and it's so dominant. Guys like Wyatt Langford, for the most part, are in the draft every year. Like, there's there's a guy or two like him most years in college. 
there hasn't been a guy like Paul Skeens other than Steven Strasburg since Mark Pryor. And I guess that's why I would probably ultimately pick him and I would go against what is my rule, so to speak. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And also when you think about the Nationals organization, it's been one that's built been built through starting pitching. And right now, if you look, you have some good guys, obviously, in the majors with Gore and Gray. But outside of that, what, you got Cavalli, maybe Jackson Rutledge. I don't know that he is going to be an ace-type guy. And then Cole Henry, we'll see if he sticks as a starter. I, I don't know that he's going to be an ace-type guy. You've got a lot of twos and threes, maybe threes and fours in your organization. You draft a guy like Paul Skeens, uh, an organization that's been built with guys like Scherzer and Strasburg and Gio Gonzalez and Corbin when he was good, like those kind of guys. You get a guy like Skeens, and honestly, I think you can speed up some of your rebuild because you have an ace already in the system working through. So I I get your point, and I kind of understand where you're coming from, but I think that Skeens is a – I'd be thrilled to get him at number two. Yeah, it's, it's going to be electric almost right away, frankly, uh, for this fan base to start tracking him. And it, it just feels about as can't miss as it gets. Now, injuries notwithstanding, and – and I talk about injuries, by the way, like, oh, you just have to wait a year and he's back. I mean, there's always the possibility. We've seen guys have multiple injuries and, you know, it it, it could go completely sideways. And that's, I think, the real fear. But uh, knock on wood, you know, he stays as healthy as, you know, a power arm can. And you get a lot of innings out of him. I'll say this, like Steven Strasburg has had nothing but injuries off and on. I would take his career in a heartbeat from yeah. Paul Skeens, right? I mean, so th there is, it's not like if there are injuries, that you can't also get dominance and some greatness as well. Uh, we told you guys last week on Bustin' Loose Baseball, we had not had a comment in a while. We wanted a comment uh, when you rate and review and subscribe. And so I'm looking at Apple Podcasts right now, and there is a new comment. So I got to shout out Drucifer82 here, Drucifer82, who said this week, from firsthand coverage of the burgeoning Nats farm system, the discussion of players and series at the big league level Bustin' loose baseball is a must listen for Nats fans the hosts are Nats fans too but approach the team with a clear-eyed and refreshing honesty which is very very kind so shout out to D Roots Brady too for that we will shout you out we're not above that if you give us a nice comment yeah appreciate up. it Drucifer that's right so love it rate review subscribe all that podcasty stuff yeah make sure that you uh listen to the podcast and give us a good review or Give us a review. Well, hopefully it's a good review, but give us a review. Only a good review. That would be yes. Uh, <laughs> the rest of you that don't want to give us a good review, you could just go away and, and not listen anymore. That's okay. <laughs> there are other places for you and things you can do. Uh, for Toby, I'm Grant saying so long. Thanks to producer Darius for putting it all together. This has been Bustin' Loose Baseball. We'll be back at it later in the week with a new episode. We'll drop it on Thursday night, I believe, for your Friday consumption. Thanks for listening to BLB. Enjoy Nats baseball.